Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, I am ex- so excited about this podcast today. I am here with one of my best friends, Lori Clay. I have known her for 20 years, and it's one of those friendships that we've had such a history together in the Lord. And we've gone through so many seasons in our life together that it's just such a valuable relationship to me. And um, I can't wait for her to share with you guys. She's one of those people that if you spend time with her, you're going to be stirred. Um, You're just going to want more of Jesus because um, she spends time with the Lord. She has such an intimate relationship with him. She loves the word. And I've specifically, well, I asked her to come on here and share whatever's on her heart, but she's going to talk about renewing the mind. And I think that's something that we can all learn from. And she's definitely in a season where the Lord's renewing her mind. And it's it's exciting to see how the Lord is just orchestrating this whole thing in her life. Um, and I can't wait for her to share it. So how are you, Lori? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for coming today. And I'm just going to hand this over to you and uh, you can start wherever you want with this renewing of the mind. Well, I guess kind of start with the history. Uh, I really gave my life to the Lord when I was about 17. And so I had really sought the Lord really with all my heart, the best that I knew how. And yet I found myself three years ago in a place of total bondage uh, with no freedom, very hopeless, so much shame and uh, just a real sense of failure. And um, the Lord's so good and he's so kind. And uh, in his word, I kept reading about the fruit of the spirit. And I was like, I just kept going back to that and going back to that. And I could look at the fruit of the spirit. And then I would look at my life and it's like, there was no fruit in my life. Like what everything that described the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's like, I would just look at my life and I would see that I was impatient. I was easily angered. I was easily frustrated. I was unhappy. I was no joy. I hadn't had joy in years. And so it's like, I just kept, I knew that there was a disconnect when I would read in the word of all of the promises that Jesus made. And then I would look at my life. It's like there, it didn't line up. It was not, and I knew that there was something wrong and God in his mercy and his goodness, I just kept crying out to him. And he's so faithful because he hears our prayers and he just ordered my steps because I really didn't even know what I needed. And I really didn't understand even what was wrong with me. Like I just knew that, that, something wasn't working and I just felt really defeated because I would I mean I would literally like lay on the floor of my bedroom weeping and crying out that God's the fruit of the spirit would be formed in me and would become evident in my life and then I would stand up and fail within a few moments again and just have all the evidence of all of the ugly fruit and and I just anyway it was just really a frustrating time and it was I felt very defeated um Kind of like in Romans 7, it talks about these things that I don't want to do, those things I do, and the things that I do want to do, those things I can I don't, didn't bring my Bible with me. Can we pause this so I can get my Bible? <laughs> but at the very end of that chapter 7, it literally says that, that renewing our mind, that our mind is renewed by the Word of God, like He renews our mind. And um, I didn't grasp that at the time, but I grasp it now. It's like, now it's like everything just makes sense. Like how, you know, how that is. It's like you're living and struggling through all these things. And then the Lord meets you in that place. And it's like, ah, oh, now I understand. Now I see. Now I know what it was. <laughs> 
So, um, so through a process, the Lord, um, he just started to expose lies that I was believing. And I just saw like kind of a picture of myself, like a tree. And the Bible uses lots of illustrations with trees and plants and how a tree is planted. And I had a very unhealthy root system. And the reason why I had this unhealthy fruit was because my root system was very unhealthy. I had a lot of lies that I was believing. I did not know the truth. And you know that verse, and I think it sometimes almost sounds cliche. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And I always believed that. And I always thought that meant salvation. I'll know the truth. I'll know that he's the Messiah, that he died for me, that he rose from the grave and that he is. And if I believe in him and if I confess it with my mouth, then I'll be saved, which is true. But it's so much more than just salvation. Like salvation is just the beginning of the journey. It's not like that's just where we start. And so when he says that you shall know the truth, he's talking about all, like there's so there's so many different things. Like what area in your life are you struggling with? Because he's got truth for every area, everything that we need. There's truth for relationships, for family, for our internal emotional well-being, for life, for hope. Um, there's so much truth. And whenever we read the word in connection with Holy Spirit, because we have to, it's something that the Holy Spirit, it's like when we're reading the word and you read a verse and the Holy Spirit highlights it to you. It's just like with the fruit of the spirit. I know that that was God working in me because he was exposing to me my brokenness, because if I don't see my brokenness, then I'm not going to be changed from it. I'm just going to continue in it. And so in his process, I'm reading his word about the fruit of the spirit and it releases something in me, such a desire I want this. This is what I want. This is how I want to be. I want to walk like this. I want to walk in what you've promised for me. And then, and then I see that I'm not. And then the Holy Spirit does the deep work of healing. And he exposed lies that I believed that I believed God was angry with me, that God had rejected me, that I was, I had a very deep seated belief that no one would ever truly love me. Well, guess what? If you believe that you will never truly be loved, that's a very hopeless feeling. And that's a very empty feeling. And that's going to be, it just, it's going to affect every part of your life if that's what you truly believe. And I've been listening to some teachings lately and they describe faith uh, they kind of define it as a, um, your deep, uh, deep heart thoughts, your deep heart thoughts and beliefs. So like faith is like the things deep in my heart, the things that are my go-to, like you have these automatic responses. Like whenever you smell food that smells good, your mouth begins to water because you're hungry. Well, whenever you have this experience that causes anxiety, it's the same automatic response. Mm -hmm. Well, what I have to transform are those automatic <clears throat> responses. I have to, God wants to go so deep. It's not enough. Yeah, I know in my mind that it says that God loves me, but in my deep core of my my being, I did not understand that reality. In my, in the core of my being, I believed that God was angry with me, and it was a deep-seated belief that was in there, and that God had to pull back all the layers and take me through this process and this journey to expose that that's what was reality there. And once He revealed it and brings it into the light, it brings freedom from it. Once you know the truth, I, I have to know the truth about myself. I have to know the truth about Him. I have to know the truth about the lies that I'm believing. I have to know the truth about what He says and who He says I am. It's truth is such a wonderful thing. And coming into the light and bringing everything into the light, the enemy is so he 
he accuses and he lies and he deceives and then he buries you in shame so that you keep it all hidden inside of you. Because if it's hidden inside of you and if you never bring it out into the open, then you never find freedom. You have to bring those things, those hidden, those deep, those wounded. And there's all this fear that comes from the enemy. It's not of God. It's all this fear that's just saying, if you if you tell them that, then they're they're gonna they're gonna reject you. They're gonna they're gonna kick you out of church. They're not gonna let you serve. <laughs> they're gonna, you know. I mean, I've had all those fears. I've had all those irrational fears. Like they're if if they if they knew what was going on in my life, then they wouldn't let me come here anymore, or they would, you know they would think awful things about me. You know, they yeah. wouldn't love me. How could they love me if they saw all this brokenness in my life? If they saw the mess that my life was, then they would just think awful things. But none of those things are true. And all of those things work to keep us into bondage. They keep us in slavery. And so that's what, and so number one, we must know the truth. We have to, God wants to bring us into the light as he is in the light. He wants to bring everything that is hidden into the light. And so bring, reveal, expose all of the things that we truly believe. I can rationally say, oh, I believe this, I believe that. But but God knows what I actually really believe. And so there's a verse, and I was actually telling Marcy this the other day, because um, God is so good and he's so faithful. And there's a verse that is in Psalm 119 that says, keep me from lying to myself. And so I liked that verse. I don't know. It just, I think it was the Lord. And so it just kind of became part of my prayers. Like I just began praying that verse, God, keep me from lying to myself. I want to walk in truth. I want to walk in the light. This has been many years ago before I even started this process. And I really didn't even know that I was not walking in the truth at this time. I had no idea all of the lies that I was believing. And then I had kind of even forgot that I'd even prayed it. So I took this verse prayed this verse. I didn't understand what this verse really even meant. And then I forgot that I even prayed it. And God in his goodness took that prayer, that small prayer. And he said, I'm going to answer this and I'm going to do exceedingly above and beyond all that you could ask or think. He takes these small things. God is so for us. And that's another thing, like renewing my mind and understanding who God is and what he's actually like. Like I have to know the truth, the crap I'm believing. And then I got to know who he is, because if I don't understand who he is, then I'm not going to come to him. But God is so for us. He is so passionate and so zealous that we will be so fully his, that we'll be so fully renewed and made new to be cleansed. Jesus is so passionate about our wholeness that he he gave his life for us. In Romans chapter 8, it even talks about it. It says, so then who will stand to accuse us? Certainly not Jesus, because he gave his life for us. Jesus is not going to condemn mm. us. He loves us so much. He knew all of my brokenness. Jesus died for me while I was still his enemy, not because I had done something that was like, oh, look at this one who is so wonderful. I need to die for her. No, he died for me while I was still adversarial to him. And that's when he gave his life for me because he saw what, not who I actually, what I really even was at that time, but what he could make of me and what he could do in me. And so he gave his life for me in that place. And I have to understand that just like I was talking about before, that has to get into the very core of my being, that God is for me, not against me. His heart is turned toward me. He's not angry with me. He's not an angry God. He is so, his heart is so positioned toward us and he's so for us in his love for us. And I have been consumed with reading Romans chapter eight 
and actually you got to start like in six and seven because it's just so gives actually read the whole book read the whole book over and over <laughs> <laughs> until it really gets into your heart but in in six and seven and seven it talks about this battle that's going on inside of us this battle this war for what, that we want to do good, but in our flesh is this thing that stops us from doing the things that we want to do. But then our spirit, the Holy Spirit's in us and it helps us. But then through this, Jesus gives us, he, he provided everything. If you're believing right now, but you don't know what I've done, or you don't know what I'm struggling with, I'm going to tell you right now that that is a lie. And what that lie does, it keeps us in bondage. And so that's why we have to renew our minds because every lie that produces hopelessness or every thought, every belief, every feeling that we have that keeps me feeling hopeless, that, that this is too big for God to change. This is too much. There's nothing too hard for him. And so we have to take even those, those thoughts. I can't come to him. He's angry. Like I used to really struggle. Like if I didn't read my Bible for a few days, like I would feel so much, like I feel like God, I can't even come to you because I didn't come to you before. I haven't come to you every day. So how can I come to you now? And so it would keep me from coming to him. And it's like those lies. I have to assault those lies, attack those lies. Spiritual warfare is doing warfare in our mind, in our thoughts. It says that we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, demolishing every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every thought that is contrary to what he says, to his word, to truly knowing him, we assault those things. We demolish those arguments. We, we demolish those arguments that are keeping me from coming to him, that are keeping me from knowing him. We demolish them. We take them captive and we refuse to believe them. But we have to start recognizing. So like a lot of it, and like, I think that's why the fruit of the spirit was so essential to me. So if, if what I'm feeling does not pre prov provoke love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control, then it must be something that's not of God. It must be something that's not true. Because if I'm in alignment with him, then that's the fruit that I bear. So it becomes this really kind of like a, uh, like if you're sick, you take your temperature and you find that you're running a fever. And so it's a sign that there's something wrong with me. I'm sick. There's something wrong. I'm running a fever. Or, you know, I'm achy. You have these signs and they show you that you're ill, that you might need medicine or whatever. The fruit of the Spirit is the same thing. Because if a good tree can only bear good fruit and I see that it, I have this negative fruit in my life, then I just look and I can see, okay, God, so what is it? What is it that I'm believing that's not in alignment? Because if I'm not feeling peace when I'm in your presence, if I feel anxious, if I feel afraid, if I feel... Um, shame, if I feel anything other than these love, joy, peace, then I need to get to what that is and allow the Lord to take care of that. So I feel like I'm doing an awful lot of talking. <laughs> that was fantastic. You know, something that I want Lori to talk about a minute is the, the process of renewing the mind. There's so many other things that go along with it. One thing, can you talk a minute about forgiving people and how important that is in the process of freedom? Yes. Um, actually, that's kind of where the Lord started this whole process of freedom with me was starting to reveal things. And some of it was stuff that I really was not even aware that I was holding on to. And I remember praying this prayer for it was somebody in my life that I had felt rejected. And uh, and I had never 
prayed like this before. I had never even heard to, but it's like forgave that person for everything that they did and then forgave them for every, all of the effects, like because of this thing, because of this lie that I believed in this encounter, it changed my whole trajectory of my life. It affected me in so many different ways. And it's like forgiving all of those things. But forgiveness is absolutely essential because if I don't forgive, then I cannot be free. And um, the scripture that I heard at this uh, this conference, whenever I went to this, this workshop, it was talking about um, the wicked servant. There was a man, uh, a wicked servant, and he came, the king had him brought in because he owed him a huge debt, like this enormous, like billions of dollars, whatever, millions of dollars, thousands of dollars, whatever it was. It was a large sum of money. And he couldn't pay it. And so he fell on his knees and he fell on his face before the king begging for mercy. And so the king forgave him the debt. So then the servant goes out and finds somebody that owes him, you know, $20 and demands that he pays him back immediately. Well, the man can't pay him back. And same thing, asks for mercy, asks for some grace. And the man refuses and has him thrown into jail. Well, the king gets wind of what the servant had done and has him brought back in and says, now, because you, I go, I, sh I showed you mercy. I showed you grace. And because you didn't extend the same mercy and grace, now you're going to go to prison and you're going to, until you can pay off the debt in full. Well, that's exactly how we are because the debt that we have been forgiven is enormous. And so how can I not forgive every, with everything that Jesus has forgiven me of, I must forgive. But it's also, so that's number one. I have to forgive because I've been forgiven so much. And so it's what God, it's his will, it's his command, it's his demand that we forgive. And he gives us the grace to do it. And then number two is that when I forgive others, it sets me free. It unlocks the prison that I'm in when I forgive. If I don't forgive, then I'm going to be the one who remains locked in that bondage. It really is. Forgiveness is just like this key that unlocks the shackles that are on me when I forgive people. Awesome. <laughs> That's so powerful. Forgiveness is a huge part of being free for sure. Um, you know, something with Lori's life that just um, comes out of the message of, the, of what the Lord's done in her is the Lord's heart for broken people is how, you know, even through the process that he loves us, he doesn't love us more when we're doing quote unquote better. He doesn't love us less when we are struggling, but he sees us as we're going to be. And the last thing I would like for her to talk about is just the heart of the father for her, because I can see such a transformation as she grows in the knowledge of the father that, that even in her brokenness, that he loves her, he delights in her and she's grown in that. And honestly, just her countenance has changed. I've known this girl for 20 years. We've been really good friends and I've seen just in the last year or two, a transformation that happens because she's tapped into this new place of who Father God is in her life. So I want her to end with just sharing a little bit about who the Father is to her. Well, that's actually like where I'm at right now is that I really, the Lord is really teaching me what he's like as a father, that he's so kind. Um, and I've been really reading into Romans 8, and it talks about um, the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit whispers into our inner man the reality of God's fatherhood. And it's his spirit, Holy Spirit joins with our spirit that releases the cry within us that we cry out, Abba, Father, the words of tender affection, beloved Father. And that that, that is what he is. He is a he is a kind, loving father. He is um, he cares for us and he wants us to know it. And I think that like right now where I'm at, it's like I just I've been reading this passage over and over. And because the Holy Spirit whispers into our inner being 
the reality of God's fatherhood of what he's like as a father. And so I just think it's like of utmost, like if we want to know what father God is like, the Holy Spirit's right here. He's ministering to us and he's revealing to us. And it's just, a, we need to stop and start listening to him and listen to what it is. Cause he's revealing it. He reveals it all, all the time, all through his word. He reveals to us what father God is like. And we just need to tap into that and just listen to Holy Spirit and what it is that he's wanting to show us and what it is that he wants to say. And another thing too is Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. I did nothing on my own, but I did only what I saw my father doing. And so when we look at the life of Jesus, what did, what was Jesus like? Jesus was filled with compassion with the people. He saw the broken people around him and he was not, he, he was filled with compassion for them and, and he healed them and he set them free. He provided food for the ones that were hungry. Um, he spoke into their hearts exactly what they were needing to hear. He brought forgiveness the man that was carried by his friends into the thing, Jesus saw that what he needed, what he needed was actually greater than even the healing of his body, that he needed something internally. And Jesus saw it and he knew exactly what he needed. And he gave to him what he needed because he's so good. And that's the way he is. Sometimes we look and we think, but God, look at this huge problem I have. I need you to take care of this thing. And so we like, we're unaware because we have this other thing that we're focused on. And Jesus is like, I will take care of that because he healed the man also. And the man got up and walked. He will take care of that. But sometimes he's like, I'm looking at your heart and I see that if I don't heal what's in your heart, this other thing's not going to last. This other thing's not going to be able to do it. And so sometimes we're looking at things. We're thinking, God, if you're good, won't you do these things? Don't you answer? And all the while he's working and he's doing things that sometimes we don't may not realize fully what he's doing until we've gone past the process. And we look back and it's like, wow, <laughs> I did not realize the deep work that you were doing. I did not realize all that you were bringing about and all that, because he's just, he is so good and he's so kind. And another verse that the Lord really gave to me through this process over the last few years is it says, uh, the one who fears has not yet been made perfect in my love for my perfect love casts out all fear. Fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears has not yet been made perfect in my love for my perfect love casts out all fear. And so when we have fear, if we feel fear, fearful to come to our father, if we feel fearful about our future, if we feel fearful about situations, whatever it is, then we, there's something in us that has not yet been made perfect in his love because his perfect love for us casts out all fear. He is a loving, caring father that we don't have to feel angst and fear about anything, whether it be as parents worrying about our children. Worrying is completely contrary to God's word. He says, do not worry. He is a good father. He says he knows what we need even before we ask him. So we come to him with whatever needs that we have, anything that's facing us. And then we just have to rest in this love that he has for us because he will take care of everything that pertains to us. There's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing too small for him. Um, he cares about all of it. So good. I think there's so many things that we've talked about today that really will minister to all of us. Um, renewing the mind, forgiveness, and the heart of the Father is something that every single one of us um, deal with throughout our life. So, Lori, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your friendship, and I'll definitely have you on here again soon because um, you have a lot to share, and you're definitely um, a voice to our generation. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening. I'll be back shortly in a few days with somebody else to be able to speak into our lives. Hey, this is Marcy Isaacs. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you have a great day.